right, so Kevin, when you and I started talking about this, we started talking about unique people doing unique things on uh, on the planet, uh, and. Uh, We've been talking about some pretty cool folks, and when we look at the brink of greatness up there, there's nothing but great stories, people that are breaking through the barriers and the boundaries of of, uh, whatever the challenge is or the opportunity of the moment and getting to the other side. Uh, When we started to talk just a few days ago about Timothy Payne, uh, I want you to tell me how that started. How did we get started with that? Because it was was interesting the way that came up. Yeah, so Timothy and I happen to have a mutual acquaintance. His name is Andy Ladner. Andy uh, drives this um, organization called the United States Veteran Corp. And I, uh, my wife and I decided to go talk to Andy because I thought Andy would be great to be on the show. And I thought I'd go over there and ask Andy a couple questions. And what happened is Andy just took charge and took me through the entire operations kind of center. And he went from wall to wall. And one of the walls that he has, or one of the things that he does is called Operation Coming Home. And what that does, it provides custom homes for really uh, injured combat veterans. They've built 17 homes for veterans, and there's one that's being done right now. And then there's a 19th where they're looking for new candidates. But as he looked over there on the wall, he says, there's the gentleman on the bottom, which is Timothy, and there's a gentleman on the top, and they're both in wheelchairs. The difference between those two people is the one on the top you know, seems to be dependent on somebody getting him from place to place. But Timothy, when he gets into his van, he hops out of his wheelchair, grabs the wheelchair, throws it into the back of the van and gets going. He's got his own chosen leadership website. and He's written a couple books. He says, now that's real leadership. Hmm. And so that evening, I decided that I'd reach out to him immediately. I went and checked his website, watched the seven-minute video. I made sure I shared it with you. Right. And, and Timothy responded actually immediately that evening. Mm-hmm. And that's why we have Timothy on the show, because he's just an amazing uh, yeah. individual. So let's bring you on now to the brink of greatness, uh, brother, and introduce Timothy Payne. And what a story, incredible story, friends. Knowing when to break through the boundaries of average to question the unquestionable is the sign of greatness. It's those moments when you get to the absurd stage that things truly get interesting. Though the world is in need of a new generation of leaders, leaders who have the courage to break through the boundaries and question everything around them. Well, society is yearning for bold and enthusiastic women and men to provide the necessary leadership that will be required for the next leap forward. The journey to get to the brink can be unpredictable, but knowing you're at the brink, pure genius, my friends. Today, we are on the brink of greatness. A chosen leadership is is really the journey. We'll talk more about that just ahead as we have him on the brink of greatness here. I wanna bring it all the way back to the point of impact, if you don't mind, Timothy. I'd like to start where at the worst possible moment. And uh, this was back, uh, and, I, and I'm not even sure, by the way, and you'll tell me now, I'm sure, or tell, let us know, was the worst possible moment when you were in, when you were in Afghanistan, when the IED happened? Uh, and let's, we'll tell folks more about that ahead, but let's just get to the point of impact. Was it there, or was it the moment you were thinking about contemplating suicide? <laughs> Those are all, like, mm-hmm. the worst moments of my life, to be honest with you. <laughs> I mean, it was just like, one phase after another um 
I don't know how to rate them okay. because they were, well, I would have to say being suicidal was the toughest point of my life because when I was blown up and I was bleeding out mm-hmm. and I was dying, like there's no coming back from that. So I was like doing some quick thinking. I'm like, all right, I traveled around the world. I fought for my country. Now I'm dying for my guys. I was like, this is what I had to do. This, this, is, this was my calling. This makes sense. I'm good. And I accepted it. And I was just waiting to die. I was like literally just waiting to get to that next step of, you know, the process of life. And, um, yeah, but, you know, when I survived, I had Lieutenant Dan mentality. You know, watch Forrest Gump. The, the moment when he pulls Forrest Gump out of his bed and he's it's late at night and he's like super stressed out. He's like, look at it. Look how messed up I am. I'm going to freak him. I have nothing else to live for. What am I going to do now? Like that, that was me for probably about a year and a half uh, going through this process. I remember that uh, the movie Forrest Gump, and I, I can relate to that totally. When you were at that moment, back to the moment of suicide right then, staying right there for a moment, as I want people to hear this. Um, so when you sink to that lowest possible moment in your life, when you think there's nothing more, I mean, why bother? I, I, it's kind of, as you're getting to this moment of impact, what I call the point of impact, but before that, there's something to get to the brink of greatness, which is where I think you're at now, buddy, but you have to get to what I call the question everything stage, where you start questioning everything around you. When you were at that possible moment, Timothy, let's, let's talk about that a moment, because that's key. A lot of people out there, and suicide is a, is a massive problem, and I think you even stated one of your videos, and we know the stat, because we talk about it all the time on America Out Loud, 22 veterans yeah. a day commit suicide. I mean, we know the stat. I mean, we support our military and our law enforcement every day in, on this platform, but tell me, what are the kinds of questions, when we say question everything, what kind of questions came to your mind? Because I know you had to be at that, where you started asking all the questions of life or death that one might ask? Uh, well, I became suicidal when I was swimming in the pool. I was uh, just doing the laps. And, you know, when you're swimming, you're kind of like isolated. Like you're just trapped in your own mind. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking about, okay, well, I tried out for Army Rangers. I got injured in training and never made it. I was a failure. And then I tried out for Special, or special Forces but the same day I was trying to leave, I got orders for Army recruiting. So I never made it. And then I tried out again a third time, and I got hurt. Um, and then uh, some time passed, and then I tried out a fourth time, and then I got blown up. So I never made it. So while I was swimming, I was thinking about all these failures that I endured. Mm-hmm. And then now at this point, I had been blown up and that I had nothing else going for me so there I was swimming in the pool just going back and forth thinking about how much of a failure I was and how I never made it with my goals so then I started uh, um, I, I transitioned to yelling at God and I never like believed in God but I was getting tired of making fun of myself and beating up myself so I just started lashing out into the unknown and um, I was like, I was like, God, I was like, I don't know who this Jesus guy is, but so, I guess you killed him or something. Mm-hmm. I was like, just freaking kill me. I was like, I am done mm-hmm. with my life. Wow. And then uh, that that was the point. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I was swimming. 
I was doing like 40 laps and I started doing like 100 laps in the pool. And then I started doing hand cycles, hand cycling. And um, I was doing 25 mile bike rides like right after swimming. So I was doing like four hours of cardio, just completely like trying to self-induce cardiac arrest. Like I was trying to live by these army values and I didn't want my soldiers to know that I killed myself. So I was trying to conceal it through cardiovascular failure. Yeah, I remember seeing that in your story where you were trying to get a heart attack. And I said, that's unbelievable. I mean, the guy's trying to have a heart attack and trying to overexert himself so he'll die from it and nobody will know. So you were sort of trying to cover it up, huh? Yeah, that was my plan. Pretty crazy, huh? Yeah, yeah. You should see, um, I have this the Garmin Connect. It's like this little watch that you wear and it tracks like all your activities. Right. I never realized it, but years later, I actually went back and did all the data. I did almost 200 miles in May 2013, and, and, and I became suicidal like at the end of April, and then right in May was when I was really starting to go after it, and then um, I, I actually uh, snapped out of it by October. I, was, uh, I literally felt like I got healed when I went to uh, Chicago. Wow, yeah. Timothy, I was telling a couple of folks about your story last night, and I was describing them. I remember seeing in one of the videos or somewhere I seen where when your arm was, your your legs were blown off, but your arm was like chicken, I think you described it like chicken wings. Yeah, yeah. Tell us about that, please. So, you know, you order some chicken wings at any restaurant, Mm -hmm. and you have two types of chicken wings. You got the drumstick, and then you got the wing. Mm -hmm. Well, you take a bite out of one inside of the wing, and you can see all the bone and the leftover meat that's in there. Well, when I got blown up, the under part of my forearm, the inner side, right. was blown wide open. Hmm. And the, uh, the upper part was intact. So it looked like somebody took a bite out of my forearm. And it looked exactly like that chicken wing look. Wow. And when you take a bite out of one of those chicken wings. So, like, that's what I was thinking about when I was you know, blown up <laughs> and it's like thinking like, that's not right. And it was so weird because I didn't have any pain or uh, everything was just happening so fast. It was pretty intense. I remember seeing that somewhere where you said you didn't have any pain initially. So you're on the battlefield. Let's go back even further to that where you just said the chicken wings. And, and let's, uh, so I want, I want listeners, I want you all to know what's happened here now. So here's Timothy Payne, this American patriot, this hero, the, our war veteran that's out there in Afghanistan. And we know Afghanistan, uh, you referred to it at one point, I believe as hell or the devil's ground or something. I remember devil's seeing Devil's playground. Devil's playground. There it is, buddy. There it is. Yeah. And I thought that's a hell of a adjective, isn't it? But probably very accurate, isn't it? <laughs> uh, seeing yeah. a lot of the pictures there. And and so you're out there, and I, and I try to put myself, uh, Tim, where you would be at that point. On the, can you imagine? Every, I want everybody to think a minute. Put yourselves in this position. You're out somewhere fighting for your country. You're out like this here, and now you, you've got, you see this blast happen, and you don't even realize what happened. And now you're on the battlefield. Oh, I, knew, I knew exactly what happened when it hit. You like, did know right went, then, huh? Yeah, I watched it. It was like a fire, like when you watch firecrackers go right. off, like right. small ones, you see that little flash. Right. Well, I was walking and I was looking at the ground and then it went off and it was like that wow. biggest red, white, and just debris flying at me like thousands of miles per hour or however fast. I think it's like. Right underneath you, right? I mean, you're looking at this, it's yeah. happening right underneath you, right? 
Yeah, it's like I think it's like a thousand pounds per square inch of space or something like that, depending on the weight of the explosion. I don't remember the calculations, but basically, my left leg blew up like a firecracker, mm-hmm. and my right leg was gone right below the shin. And I'm laying there looking at my arm blown wide open, trying right. to figure out like, okay, how bad am I? And I'm right, trying. But you, but, but you knew it was going to happen because you said there was some presence that came. Yes. that kind of told you. You know, watch out or it was, something no, like that. It was it was weird. It was uh, so basically, this is the last combat patrol that we were supposed to go on. We oh, lost man. so many people, oh. and the day prior, our base was being attacked. I ended up gunning this guy down, and uh, instead of telling my men to do you know to to do their job, I was like, I was taken over, and I was like, no, nah, I'm going to kill these people. And so I was doing that, and then this presence came over me that I never felt before. And we fought through other combat engagements, so I'm like pretty aware of what, uh, you know, how the body reacts under stress, mm-hmm. uh, under uh, the adrenaline. But while this, pre- this 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 was completely different, this was like this presence came at me, and like all the hair on my body was like sticking up, like it was weird. And then um, that's so before like, that's before the explosion happened. You're saying. This was, yeah, this is the day before the explosion happened. Okay, all right. So I'm getting chills. My mm-hmm. hair's sticking up. Wow. I shoot this guy, mm-hmm. and this presence is over me. And then my own thoughts are just coming into my own mind. And it's just telling me, my own thoughts are like, if you live by the sword, you die by the sword. And I'm like, I'm doing my job trying to contradict what I'm thinking. But my mind is like, no, it doesn't matter. You just killed your fellow man. You're going to pay for what you've done. And I'm like, what the heck? I'm like, this is weird. I was like, is this God or something? And uh, he was just like, yes. And I'm like, dude, I was like, don't kill me. Just shoot me instead. Because, like, this was such a powerful force, like, over me. Like, I literally felt like this was, like, the presence of God. And he's telling me that, yo, you just made a wrong move. And you're going to pay for what you've done. So I'm, like, literally, like, pleading for my life. You, You killed this other man. This was the enemy you killed, though, was it not? Yeah, so uh, about That's that. what confuses me. Tell me what, and why Why did you feel like you were being penalized for that? Well, for in, for one thing, um, I wasn't doing my job. You know, the, in the Bible, in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 17, it talks about God knows the hearts of man and the secret intentions of the heart, and that he will repay each man righteously according to what he has sown. So I had, um, instead of me directing my fire teams to engage the Taliban forces, Mm -hmm. I had, like, a really strong intent where I had a desire to just uh, kill these people and to fulfill that desire. And as soon as I did that, um, that's when I was being convicted. I was looking over at my machine gun teams, and I was like, okay, well, these guys can shoot this guy real quick. But then I'm like, well, hang on a second. I was like, I want to kill somebody. I'm going to do this. So, right. and then if the you reason, look, yeah, and the yeah. reason is, wasn't the uh, the fort being attacked? So you yeah, were actually did. shooting at the people that were attacking you. Yeah, but I mean, if you really look at like the role and positions, and think about it, like what what the leader is supposed to be doing, like I shouldn't have been. What I should have been doing is going to my machine gun team and be like, you see that guy over there? You shoot him right now. Mm-hmm. Then, Because then it's like it would have been a different case. 
the, th the thing is, like, in the scripture, it talks about, like, you know, if your eye caused you to sin, to pluck it off, your hand caused you to sin, to cut it off, your feet caused you to stumble and sin, to chop them off. It's better for your limbs to perish rather than your whole body to perish. And God wants us to serve one another righteously. I mean, that's what Jesus taught. Um, but I was going after my own wants and desires, and uh, I didn't have to shoot that guy. I could have easily have told my fire teams to do it, which was my job to coordinate the teams to to uh, focus fires on ta uh, Taliban targets. So it's like God was like, you know, th think of it from the spiritual aspect of like what's going through people's minds mm -hmm. and how some people might not be afraid in some situations and they're just like trying to get their rocks off uh, by doing their job and oh, blowing see. people away. Okay. You see what I'm saying? I do, so, I do. So you thought you you kind of felt at that moment that you paid the ultimate price for that, uh, that what had happened there. That that's that's heavy. That that's really really heavy, and I'm glad you explained it quite that way. But this also then turns as when we come back in moments here uh, to Mark nine four forty five. Yes, Mark, not you know what I'm speaking about, uh, Timothy, right? Yeah. yeah, Mark nine four five. I want to talk about that after the break as well. And then you've got chosen leadership. There's so much to talk about with you, buddy. There's about what the future holds and what you're doing out there now. But but still, we're at this point of impact in what had happened there from the battlefield of Afghanistan. You know, there's so many incredible stories out there. And, uh, Timothy, you are such an inspiration, I have to tell you. I knew before we we just spoke for the very first time today, just moments ago as we turned the mic on with you and addressed this. And I knew coming into this conversation today with you and Kevin – I, I knew we were supposed to talk with you at this point, and I knew that you were, you were going to be somebody we would meet to head and somebody we would do something with. All right, well, let's do it. I see that. That's exactly it. That's the passion I had and listening. To, and that's why I took the time to listen and look at the rest of your story because it's most impactful and it, it really is incredible. But again, friends, the whole point of this is it's the fight forward. You know, I want to say this to you. In the brink of greatness, I say, having the fortitude to bring the event or the situation to a successful conclusion, even when it is against all odds. Now, just like in the case of Timothy Payne, it was, it was against all odds. I mean, why did he even live at that point, people? I mean, most people that have that kind of damage done to their body, they don't live. They're done. Over. History. Done. Off, that's it. You carry him out and you, you bury him. He's over with. But yet this man lived. Right? So you think about that against all odds and what happened and what the point of this. Well, there's a purpose and a point to obviously Timothy's life and why he's here and doing what he's doing. That's what I think is so incredible about this story and why it's so cool to bring it to you all. So listen, the brink of greatness can only happen when you're willing to push beyond the boundaries and limitations that are holding you back. So in Timothy's case, he had all these limitations and boundaries against him. Yet he, once he got focused after the suicide point, he knew he had to do this thing and take control of it. And that's when I say, friends, knowing when to break through the boundaries of average to question the unquestionable is the sign of greatness. Timothy Payne was questioning the unquestionable at that point. And these are all many of the stages to get to the brink and what we call the brink of greatness. Anyways, a lot of great stories out there. I also want to tell everybody, if you've got unique stories out there that we want to know about, that Kevin and I, I mean, we're looking the whole planet for you really cool people that we, because we want to talk about the good stuff. We want, this show is all about the good stuff. It's about people do, that are doing incredible things out there, moving mountains, 
it's it's a show about humanity. It's a show about people that that come through everything to get to the other side. I love these kinds of stories. They're incredible. You'll find a whole lot of them, friends, at brinkofgreatness.com. Brinkofgreatness.com. If you have others that you know and you think we should talk about them on the show or write about them on the platform, just email us. And you can do that at talk at americaoutloud.com. Talk at americaoutloud.com. We'll be back in just a moment. People often ask me, what is a Brink thinker? Well, Brink thinkers, they're those leaders who have learned to nurture, persist, and expand their thoughts. The brink of courage or bravery, the brink of peace in the world, the brink of death just before life, the brink of victim turned victor, the brink of no boundaries that leads to innovation, the brink of societal change so desperately needed, the brink of never stopping until the realization of your goal. We are on the brink of greatness. Welcome to the show. This is Malcolm Out Loud. I'm honored today to be with Kevin, uh, Kevin Williams, our co-host here for The Brink of Greatness, and this is Malcolm Out Loud here. Uh, I like to start the program in the first segment to get right to the story, which is why I went right to the point of impact, uh, which is really the big deal today is the story, Timothy Payne, and that point of impact in Afghanistan, but even afterward and the point of suicide. Uh, you know, suicide is, is unbelievable, and it's happening so often, and you can see why. What your story is so incredible, Timothy, is because you see the amount of soldiers and the amount of military heroes that are committing suicide still on a daily basis, who oftentimes haven't even got to the plummets of where you were. I mean, we talk about PTSD and PTSI and things of that nature, but my God, you were on steroids with that. I mean, you, you had that and then some. What I'm wondering yeah. is, and, and Kevin, I don't know if you could visualize this, Kevin. If you were on the battlefield, Kevin, and you and think about this now a minute, you and I here, the listeners here, we're on the battlefield. It's you, Kevin, or it's me, or maybe I'm your, I'm your soldier guy out there. We're we're together, Kevin. We're on the battlefield, okay? And and you end up with no legs. I mean, you know, he's he knew from the point of impact that he had no legs, and his arm would look like a chicken wing. I mean, let's call it what it is. It doesn't sound attractive, but it is a fact, right? And so he's out there in that moment. You've got to think you're screwed. I mean, you've got to think your life is over. I mean, how, what would give you the right to think you're going to go on from there? Kevin, how, what do you, I mean, what do you think? What, how, what would you set, what would your feelings be like at that moment? Do you, can you even relate to that? Um, I couldn't. My wife maybe could. I mean, although she wasn't <laughs> blown up, you know, blown up in the battlefield. Right. And when she found out she had pancreatic cancer, I mean, that was kind of a life-changing moment in our lives. And trying to go and deal with that and recognizing that most people who have pancreatic cancer never survive and die pretty quickly. So, but just like Timothy, my wife was similar. I mean, she didn't go through signs of like suicide or things of that nature, but she looked at it positively and really never looked back. And she had that moment like Timothy did was, you know, I'm going to be okay. Mm-hmm. and yeah. everything's going to work out. Yeah, that's exactly it. I'm, that moment is interesting to me, Kevin. I'm going to be okay, and everything's going to work out. I love it when you bring that up, because your wife is your hero a lot. You say that to me privately as well, and I know she is your hero. You think of her in those terms, because you've seen the fight that she put up. And there is a fight to that, friends, that we all go through these trials and tribulations of life. 
Timothy, let's bring it back to Mark 9.45. I want to talk about 9.45, verse 45, please. Uh, this is incredible. Tell us why that. Tell us what the verse is, if you can, and why it was important, please. Yeah, it says, If your feet cause you to stumble, cut them off. It is better for your limbs to perish rather than your whole body to get cast into the fire. That shall never be quenched. So what that means is that if you're living in like a sinful nature and you know that you're doing the wrong thing, Jesus was saying that it's better for your limb to perish rather than your whole body to die. So, like, if you die in that sin, then you're then you're going to perish for for eternity. So, Jesus was talking about the importance of repenting and choosing God's righteousness as opposed to your own, and that's what what I saw. So, I realized that I had to go through all these things. Because I was so stubborn before that I would not take a look at the scripture or at Jesus or at the um, the reality of what comes next after death. So it was um, a huge eye opener. And to be honest with you, I thought I was kind of going crazy when I was when I was reading the Bible, like seeing all these scriptures that were pointing out to me. My call sign was Delta Two Three. Uh, my name's Timothy. So I saw my name Timothy in the Bible. The first scripture I read was Second Timothy two three. My call sign, and it said to endure hardships as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And that was after I retired out of the military. So I had to fight through all these battles, and then at the end of the road, after I retire, after my brother-in-law falls off a cliff and dies, after I'm going through all these troubles with my with my ex or my ex-wife, that's when I open the Bible. And I read my call sign as the first scripture, and I was like, I endured these hardships. I lived by these army values. Who's this Jesus guy? I got to know what this means right now. Here's a, a quote that you had uh, I had read from for, from you, but it says, "After I got blown up, I just changed. God took my trigger finger away away too. He wants me to help save lives and and live in peace." I would never have found Jesus unless I had lost my legs because I was so focused on the mission at hand, destroying the enemy and protecting our country. That all changed, and it's a blessing. I just do what I, I can now for others, and I keep on going. That's it. What's all that, about. Yep. I mean, I read it, and I thought, wow, that is what life is all about. The fact that you had to lose the legs, so you, I, the impression I get, Tim, is that you You kind of, in some way, in a weird sort of way, pinned it on the fact you were so thick-headed and stubborn, huh? Yeah, that's, um, like, you know, I was just going through the grind hmm. of just life. Not, not like, when I was failing, like, trying to go, like, special operations, hmm. I was like, I'm good, I got this, I'm going to focus, I'm going to train up again, and I'm going to go again. Yeah. And, and so, like, I wasn't really looking at the bigger picture. And while we were deployed in Afghanistan... I actually had some soldiers that were reading the Bible, and I was scoffing at them. And I was like, that's not going to help you. I was like, you should have been doing that earlier this morning. We're about to go on patrol, and you're reading that when you should be with your soldiers right now. And uh, I was giving them a hard time over the scripture. And then I also felt more of, um, you know, of a hypocrite while I was on patrol, because even when I was on patrol... I was like thinking about the Bible, even though I never read it, and I was thinking about like that uh, that Psalm 23, where it talks about you know Jesus being or God being the shepherd, and 
he leads us into uh, you know pasture, and even though they walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we'll fear no evil because he's there with us. Awaken so I was like him. even saying that to myself <laughs> while I was yelling at my soldiers about reading the Bible. So how how ridiculous is that, you know? Hmm. So and and I didn't think about that until after. Um, after I retired, you know, that, that's when the real reflection came and when I changed, uh, big time and then, and it caused me to repent and I was, uh, you know, praying to Jesus. I was like, look, I was like, I can see that you've interacted in my life in so many different ways. I was like, I'm sorry. I, I ignored you. I was like, what do I got to do? I was like, look, you know, show me the way. And then I had a supernatural encounter and he changed. It was awesome. You know, I'm wondering something, buddy. Um, if you had come through that explosion, let's say, I mean, when you look at, I'm thinking right in this moment about destiny, your recovery and then destiny. And I mean, destiny is kind of a big word here. And then when you say what had happened to you and you really play out the story and we understand what the destiny factor is, if you had not lost your legs and your your arms did not look like chicken wings in that way, would you be the same person today? I'd probably be dead. I don't know. Like, I got selected for civil affairs, and this was, like, a special operations job. Mm-hmm. So there's no telling where I would be, what I would have been doing. So isn't that odd? So you're saying that actually might have saved your life? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you, I'm not uh, I'm not really <laughs> bitter about it because the way I see it, I'm doing civil affairs right now. So I've been prepared to yeah. do it the right way. So yeah. I'm good. Yeah. When I got – when I, I had a supernatural encounter mm-hmm. – with Christ mm-hmm. on July 17, 2014. Three years exactly to the day when I woke up from being in a coma. And um, it was it was such a, a transforming uh, experience that I just knew that um, he had a plan. Because as soon as that happened, the only things that were coming to my mind was like, you try it for Army Rangers, you try it for Special Forces, you try it for Civil Affairs, do all these different things. But where did God send you? Because if he's in control, it's like he sent you to the 82nd. Their motto is America's Guard of Honor. Go out there and guard America's honor. Then you, then I got sent on Army recruiting. And this is a recruiting operation for God's kingdom. And then I was doing personal recovery missions. A part of the operation that got that guy, Captain Phillips, out of the Somali pirates' hands. So, so uh, to me, it's like God was like, hey, I sent you to the 82nd. Guard America's Honor. This is a recruiting operation for my kingdom. It's a personal recovery mission in the civil community. It's not about being in the military. It's about being out there and getting people to and you know turn to me yeah. as I saved you. And that was like that, that's like what Christ was telling me. And um, you know, in the in Corinthians it says that we we walk not by sight but by faith. So it's like just trusting in the value system and going out there and just being a beacon of light as you know Christ told us and you know he really just uh, paves the way and just opens doors and it's absolutely amazing Timothy what's your impression today about war how what what's, what how do you perceive war uh, war is deception and we're probably not being told all the stories. The war will exist until Christ comes back, so it is a necessity. I do believe in you know maintaining uh, you know, protection, the right to bear arms. I'm all about the Bill of Rights. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. 
So, you know, I know it's a necessity. And and we're at war right now. And we have to safeguard our families. And we have to safeguard our nation. And we have to be vigilant. And we have to understand the tactics of the enemy. Because when we get complacent, that's when we get killed. And and I, I want people to understand. I mean, you do believe that God wants us to defend against these enemies. So we're not going to be penalized for defending ourselves against the enemy, right? No. Yeah. Yeah. We're not. No. Uh, yeah. We're, we're totally supposed to protect our families and right. stand up for justice like that is our that's our job well you know the reason i ask you that and i bring that up not to be a smart guy here but i have to ask you that because you remember back on the battlefield you had that point in that vision of the fact that you had shot the enemy and that maybe you were being penalized for it and i'm just kind of coming full circle with that to say you know i want people to not to misunderstand what you were saying back then you know right well it's it's all about the intentions of the heart. You know, you're in combat. You see your friends getting shot at. You shoot yeah. those guys. You did a good job. You saved your battle body. As opposed to um, waiting and lustfully, like, waiting for people to kill them. As opposed to, um, you know, the, the, you, I, there's no telling what that combatant could have done. He could have shot and killed one of the other guys because I was waiting to get my right shot in that I wanted. As opposed to, you know, calling it out. And, uh, and then I got convicted by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Is that, is that understandable? It is. It is. No, it's totally understandable. You know, when we go through these uh, crises in our life, like Kevin, you were just talking a moment ago in, with, with what you had dealt with in your own life, your personal life with your wife and all, and we life is that way. I mean, we all, if we're going to really truly experience life, we're all going to truly experience highs and lows, and we're going to experience everything in between because that is life. You can't run from that. A lot of people tend to run from the lows. In fact, they ignore or avoid the lows. You can actually, what I found in my own life, guys, is you can learn more from your lows than you can from your highs. The highs, you actually get a bit arrogant. You don't learn from that very much at all <laughs> because everything's going well. What's there to worry about, right? <laughs> but with the lows, they kind of tear you apart, and they, they, it's a reality moment of lessons. And I'm just thinking back when you were at that moment of time when this all happened and you get back to the absurd moments, like, like you had to question yourself, I'm thinking, like I, when I asked Kevin you that question a moment ago about being on the battlefield, what would you think? And you said, well, I can't really relate to that. It's hard. And I try to put myself there a moment. How would I relate to it? And I'd be pissed off, uh, Timothy, in all full disclosure. And I'm sure you were pissed off too, right? Right? About being injured? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I was pissed. I was yeah. telling my guys that I was sorry I got blown up. I was like, I'm sorry I'm blown up. And they're like, don't be sorry. I'm like, well, shoot, what do you want me to say? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, I, mean, you know, I, felt, you I felt like I failed them. I was like, I was like, oh, no. Yeah, you failed them. You failed yourself. You feel like failed everything. But I'd be really angry, like you said. And you were angry because then you asked God, "What's going on here?" And you got mad with Him rather than you, you you beat yourself up enough, and then you got mad with you know with God and tried to as that relationship was developing and happening. But but again, it's that absurd moment when you get to see when you arrived. You have such meaning in your life right now, and you're so fulfilled with so many things, which I think are incredible. And you would never have been the person you are right now had you not come through this lowest of lows. But it was at that absurd moment, if you didn't push forward, and you had taken your life at suicide, or you just crumbled up to a nothingness because you couldn't walk anymore, you couldn't 
grab a hold. Well, like you started the program with, Kevin, when you said the other gentleman, when your friend said to you the other gentleman was in the wheelchair and he was kind of being baby through it all. He wasn't fighting through it in the proper way or what he should to take control of his life, you know, whereas Timothy was right. the opposite of that. I just want to point out the absurd moments of your life is all I want to drive to. I want people to think about that because we all go through these trials and tribulations of low moments in our life. But what I want to say to you people out there today is you can learn so much from that. I listen to Timothy's story and I'm like really like super engaged and, um, you know, ready to do it. I mean, I'm ready to, as you say in the battlefield, I'm ready to kick some ass. And we're going to do more of that right after the break here. We're going to pause a minute. We'll be back with Timothy Payne and Kevin Williams and Malcolm Outloud. Be right back with you. The goal is to deliver a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world to unite people from all backgrounds and beliefs in an effort to advance humanity. News blogs, informative podcasts, and entertaining videos. It's AmericaOutloud.com, where the conversation never ends. With 24-7 streaming on our free apps on both Android and Apple. Welcome to the new era in communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio. Think back to the last time you felt healthy and energized. The best times of our lives occur when we're at the peak of our health, sleeping better, full of energy and focus. We know that fades with age, and you might be feeling the effects of aging as low energy and poor sleep. But it doesn't have to be that way. There haven't been any nutrition systems designed to rejuvenate our bodies as we get older until now. Healthy Cell Pro is the only multinutrient system that impacts the building block of your body, the cell. Created by anti-aging expert and Nobel Prize nominee, Dr. Vincent Giampapa, award-winning Healthy Cell Pro cuts through the complexity of nutrition supplements by simply giving you the purest ingredients, filling dietary gaps to nourish your cells and enhance your quality of life for optimal performance. Visit HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for an exclusive discount or call 844-869-9958. On your website, Timothy, you say lessons learned and pushing forward. And there are three big things you lay out here. You lay out war, injury, and recovery. Now, the war we've already touched on, that was Afghanistan. That was the devil's playground. One of the things that I'll always remember that you just said in the last segment, buddy, is when you said that, you know, there's always a lot more to war than what we think. There's a lot more that goes on than we are privy to. And boy, do those words haunt me when you say that. You know that? Oh, yeah, it's the truth. I know it is. That's what worries me, because I know it's the truth. When I asked you about war, and you said it's a necessary evil, it's here, we have to deal with it, we have to protect our families, there's evil is coming after us, and we know what evil looks like, it's there, it's all over the planet. That's right. Yeah. So, at that point, what do we do? Um, you know, bring it back to this war that you're at, the devil's playground. You take like American forces that are in Iraq and Afghanistan and around the world. And look at what's going on in Africa right now. And, you know, we got problems, spouts, you know, these terrorist groups that are all over the place. There, there are dozens of terrorist groups. And it's evil, isn't it? Isn't it all evil? It's, yeah, it's, it's horrible. How, how yeah. connected do you stay with the, with the guys in the military now? Do you have a strong relationship with them all? Do you stay in touch with a lot of guys or? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, um, I, I try to stay pretty connected. I do a lot of different functions. Um, 
Uh, I'm doing the Invictus Games in October. I'll be going to Australia. I'm competing in uh, swimming, hand cycling, and seated discus and shot put. Uh, so I'll be there with, you know, Prince Harry will be there. I don't know if the president's going to be there or not, but, you know, all these big military officials mm-hmm. will be at the, in Australia competing in the Invictus Games. And I'm going to be out there networking. That's my thing. I'm trying to network so I can go to deploying units mm-hmm. or units that might be going overseas and just talk to them about, like, the reality of, like, hey, look, this is these are things that you really need to think about and consider before you are you know going over there because you know i i had to prepare myself uh not only physically but mentally and uh, also the whole uh morally phase that that was like you know basic training stuff um but it was you know going to iraq was one thing but going to afghanistan was a whole new spectrum of war that i didn't face and i don't think a lot of people really are prepared for it until they they get there and they see their buddies getting blown to pieces and it totally like changes your perspective real quick. Um, yeah. So it's, yeah it's... I have friends that are out there who always say they can't wait to get back to America. I mean, and, and it's funny how when we live here, Timothy, uh, you know, how many people don't appreciate America, you know? I mean, we don't appreciate what we have, do we, you know? We have the most state-of-the-art advanced society and if we just give it away as charity and socialism the whole thing is just gonna crumble into a oh god thanks for saying that you gotta fight for our nation you have to build it with our own hands and not give it away because when people just are given things that they don't deserve they Uh trash it they destroy it and it's not honored or um uh, well preserved the stewardship is not there and uh yeah it's it's unfortunate how society is transforming the way how it has. Yeah, but I, I, I also think that, um, you know, there's a silent majority out there that I think they'll get to a point where they've, they will have had enough and then they will come out and fight. I don't know why they're quiet for so long because all that's winning now is, you know, you have the minority that seems to be taking over and being the voice kind of for the nation on the extremes, but the ones in the middle are the ones I think I have common sense and realize that the nation is good and we do have the greatest nation in the world. I've been doing a lot of research in the Invictus Games and I attended uh, a conference at the Canadian Embassy and the actor Michael Myers was there giving a speech. Mm-hmm. His dad was in the British Army as a royal engineer and they uh, he fought against the Germans and when he closed his speech, the one thing that he really pointed on or uh, closed it with was uh, the in order for evil to triumph it's it's because of good people choose to do nothing yeah. and that's like the absolute truth yeah I, I I know we're talking um, military but Winston Churchill they had a movie out and uh, you know they wanted to concede to the Nazis really England to try to have some kind of truce that was going to be negotiated with Mussolini, I think it was. And what ended up happening is Winston Winston Churchill went actually into the subways and he started talking to the people and asking for their opinion. And so here you have the silent minority, or majority, sorry, and they all said, stand up and fight. And that was the change from 
actually possibly negotiating almost like a surrender in terms with the Nazi Germany because he actually talked to the people and the people told him we will fight and we'll fight to the death and that was kind of like the turning point I just uh-huh. okay I just you know I I love it good yeah. conversation yeah <laughs> we all have a turning point I mean I want to bring it back Timothy we said war injury and recovery those are three big words you have on the site we talked about again the devil's playground we talked about the injury the ied and the the enemies and war itself and it's it's interesting to talk to you about some of this and then we get to the third element recovery healing the mind body and spirit that has been a real journey for you take us there a moment talk a couple of moments i want people to get inspired once you realize the result of this and you got to the other side of the bridge because you got to the other side what i call the brink of greatness see i think we all are capable timothy of the brink to get to the brink of greatness in our lives and do whatever that is and this is in any aspect of your life you don't have to be in the war in afghanistan to be at the brink of greatness you see but you got to the point and you got to the other side of that and to do that that was part of your recovery when you say heal in the mind body and spirit Talk to it because this happened over several years when you finally realized you got to that real low, you got into the pool and you started swimming. And I've seen you in the video swimming and everything else. I, I showed people the video. Tell me what, what that whole journey was like as you were fighting to get back to where you knew you had to get to. What, yeah. was, what was that like, brother? It was a three-year process. When I, got, um, when I woke up in the hospital, one of my doctors, like one of the things that he told me and it, and it just stuck with me. But he's like, hey, look. He's like, being in here and being an inpatient, this is the easy part. He's like, the real challenge comes when you leave. He's like, remember, this is all about healing the mind, the body. And I don't know what it was about, about him saying it, but he said it to me. And it was the first year from, uh, two, from July 2011, 2012. It was all like going through more follow-up surgeries and getting the wounds all healed and uh, then finding out that um, these medications were not really helping me and it was just having uh, a self-assessment so it was uh, to heal everything I had to stop taking a lot of these medications that were blocking like my mentality completely like I was on these antidepressants Mm -hmm. antipsychotics yeah like uh, all uh, blood thinners Mm -hmm. I was on um, like four different types of narcotics Uh, it was it was a really tough battle and then the different nerve paint nerve blockers and anti-inflammatories it was it was a huge battle so I tie it all together because when I decided to like really cold turkey like all these narcotics there's a withdrawal effect from all these different medications and that tied into the whole mental battle and healing the mind was getting through the withdrawal process. Because when, when you look at the timing, when I became suicidal, it was I, I decided to stop taking my medications. It was like November 2012. And then by April, I was suicidal. And if you look at the the withdrawal effects of these medications, it says could cause suicidal tendencies. Mm-hmm. So I told my doctors that I was done taking my medications, but there was no like solid 
uh, counseling as far as like, hey, look, this is what you're, if you're done with this, then you're going to become depressed, suicidal, and it could last six months. So just be aware. Be aware. So, but th- 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 that's what I fought through. And I became suicidal and I was like really acting it out. And right. then right. the last year um, was the whole spiritual healing tying into the scripture. Mm-hmm. And it was a three year process that I believe that Jesus had led me through so that I could talk about all these things, you know, once once he delivered me through it. So he totally got me uh, from one place to another. Well, God has a plan here with all of this. I say it all the time on the network and on the platform, whatever we're talking about, there's a plan with all this and you have to you have to pay attention. You have to you have to grab onto that plan and figure it out. Uh, I want to touch back to these uh, psychotropic drugs a moment. Had you not been on those for that because you were on those for what, a couple of years? Uh, well, so when I got injured, um, they were just giving me this cocktail of just all these different medications. <laughs> wow, wow. And I was, I, I was like, I was like, what is this? And like, this is these are antidepressants. Yeah. Like, well, I don't feel depressed. <laughs> and they, they, they said to me, they're like, well, we're being proactive. Oh, get out of here. Get out of here, serious. man. Oh, that drives me crazy. See, I, I, I wanted to circle back to that because I wanted to tell everybody, listen, I know because I cover this enough on our platform, and again, I read, I follow, we have a lot of experts on, but these psychotropic drugs, now that Timothy's let the cat out of the bag here, and you hear him say that, they're they're not good for your body, people. You need to get rid of them. And I'm just wondering, had you not had those, and the way you say cocktails, so you're, you're getting a cocktail of drugs, and if you're not screwed up before you start the drugs, you'll certainly be screwed up after the drugs, you know? <laughs> right, yeah, Timothy? I- I didn't even know who I was. Like I'm exactly, telling you, it exactly. was. Um, it took one good friend of mine to to really intervene, and uh, that's when I decided to stop taking my medications. He was like, "Dude, he's like, you're super fat." He's like, "This is not who you are." Now that's a fr- now. Hold on, that's a friend. That's a friend, buddy. That's a friend. When they tell you you're super fat, you need to get off your ass and do something. That's a friend, right? Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, you got to admit, you got to admit. Um, so, if you had not had the cocktail of psychotropic drugs for that period of time, would would the recovery have been faster for you? I wonder. I mean, yeah, how I think so. That's what yeah. I'm asking. So that really messed you up, didn't it? Uh, it did. It really did. It screwed me up. But at the same time, though, mm-hmm. I was still having follow up surgeries. Like I had right. uh, 120 surgeries, 120 different procedures, or whatever, and my I, my surgery were continuing throughout this healing process and it was a tough battle um it was i just had to get to the point where i had to make up my mind that i needed to stop taking the, nar- the narcotics because i enjoyed it for a very long time mm-hmm. and it felt like that's where i needed to be and, oh, it uh, messes you up. It messes you up big time, man. Yeah, I mean, it yeah. just destroys your soul and your spirit and your... And, and, and the fact that they rely on... And what worries me, guys, out there is that the, the fact that the healthcare industry relies on it so much... Um, I just I have a lot of questions there and a lot of problems. And, and a lot of these psychotropic drug companies, it's, it's big business is what it is. I mean, we're talking billions of dollars people i think a lot of it's greed and to keep people dumb happy and stupid on these pills and stuff and half the time they don't know what day it is and timothy you're kind of playing into that with what you're saying i mean you you'd have been far better off if you weren't you know in, in having those cocktails for all that time it just messes you up big time so i mean i realize sometimes you need a pain pill i get that but 
let's not go overboard, right? In the meantime, hey, listen, let's talk about the future moment here and what's happening for you now. Let's let's turn the page here and. Uh, so now you've got this platform, chosenleadership.com. You're out there, you're speaking, you're doing other things. Like you said, you're going to the games in Australia. I mean, this is like, you're like doing stuff that most people would only dream of doing. I mean, you've got to be like impressed or pleased or something. You're, you're, what's, what's a, what else is in store here ahead? I'm just trying to, you know, I don't want to sit around. I want to get things done. I'm just, I'm trying to... Uh, network successfully mm-hmm. at the Invictus Games in Australia. That's in October. October. Um, I'm also trying to get an internship with my buddy who is a film producer at his company and just learn how the whole business works with film. I want to make movies and I want to tell stories of guys that really like, you know, went above and beyond and, you know, got killed. Um, so Because there's so many right. uh, valorous stories that really need to be told but a lot of guys don't really want to talk about them because this is a touchy subject losing you know friends and people kevin what's the big takeaway buddy from the story you think with timothy he was able to encounter something that if any of us probably lost their legs most most people unfortunately would probably would have kind of given up but what he did is he overcome overcame the challenge of losing his legs he actually from what I've read is he kind of had a, a change of heart, I guess, and actually embraced uh, a God. And he also learned how to like, he learned that by strengthening his body through all the exercises that he's doing, it strengthened his mind, it strengthened his spirit, and he's actually become the man he is today. What a story. What an incredible story, um, Timothy. Uh, I want you um, to know, and I, you, you are an incredible inspiration, and you're going to be an inspiration to millions of people more, clearly. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Your story is incredible, though, but your heart and passion for life and all of it around there and your faith, your discovered faith that you found in the journey and how you connected all that together, all the metaphors along the journey that became flashing neon signs to you, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, good analogy, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that really is it. They became just like, okay, man, but, but boy, uh, you know, what a dummy. I should have figured that out or something. We all kind of think that way from time to time as well. But what an incredible story. I am um, uh, honored, uh, thrilled to have you on the brink of greatness. Now, from this point forward, I want you to uh, proudly use in your stuff that you're a brink thinker, buddy, because you are a brink thinker. You are totally a brink thinker, man. Uh, the fact that you pushed the boundaries and now you want to do movies and now you're writing books and now you're going to the games and now you're doing this and you're doing that and you're, you're just doing circles around people, buddy. You know? <laughs> I mean, I want to talk to you a lot more ahead. I want to do some stuff with you. I'd like you to take a look at brinkofgreatness.com more and check it out. Uh, as this story comes to life, I can tell you now a lot of people are going to be interested in your story and a lot of people are going to check into your site and chosen leadership chosen and i love the words they just speak to you because it was chosen leadership and it's what you really believe you were chosen leadership at that point and i I get it i totally totally get it i've kind of thought that way all my life myself that i was chosen for other things on this planet we all should believe that people we're chosen to be here we all have a purpose a mission a passion i mean don't don't die shallow don't die hollow you know you got to exercise it you got to make it happen clearly so listen, big, big thank you to Timothy Payne. Check out the site, friends, chosenleadership.com. We've got the stories and all of this on the brink of greatness. 
Com. Also, there'll be, you can hear it on America Out Loud Talk Radio, the story, uh, as we write and talk about Timothy's journey. We'll talk to him again. We'll have him back here, and uh, I hope to get him to maybe do some writing for us and stuff. He's a passionate man with a, with a lot of uh, desire for humankind. Isn't this what it's all about? Humankind, right? It's about making it better for our brothers and sisters and what's happening. Absolutely. So here's the last word for you, friends. The brink of greatness can only happen when you're willing to push beyond the boundaries and limitations that are holding you back. Ask yourself what's holding you back. And remember, friends, to take the next leap forward. 